Welcome to the Healing Embodied Podcast, where we have real and raw conversations about growth and healing that will shift your perspective in profound ways. We take a unique approach to healing the overthinking mind, creating conscious relationships, and living a life of courage and freedom. So take a deep breath and get ready to expand your mind, connect to your body, and activate your spirit. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Healing Embodied Podcast. This is your host, Chelsea Horton. Um, You'll have to excuse my voice a bit for this episode. I am just getting over a cold. Um, We are in the middle of a record-breaking blizzard slash winter storm here in the San Bernardino Mountains of Southern California. Yes, Southern California. Um... I live up in the mountains, and so we we get seasons, we get winter, we get snow, but uh, the last time we had a blizzard was before I was born. So (laughs) um, my husband and I have been out every single day for hours, shoveling and shoveling and shoveling snow, and um, yeah, when you are sweating from working so hard, and you're also out in 28 degree weather, um, the result is often a cold. So here we are. Um, But today I wanted to talk about what healing from relationship anxiety actually looks like. And this was inspired by, uh, you know, this challenge that Matt and I have been facing. You know, we've been frustratingly shoveling, we're exhausted, we're a bit stressed. Um, There's a lot of uncertainty with this storm, we're completely snowed in. And I had a little moment of like, huh, I wonder how my past self, the version of me who experienced so much anxiety, I wonder how she would have experienced this differently. Because uh, the whole time during all these challenges, I mean, yes, it was challenging, but it didn't feel that challenging. Meaning there wasn't all this added extra layers of suffering and anxiety and meaning making. It was just, all right, we have this challenge ahead of us. We're going to tackle it head on. We're both exhausted. Um, and we're both just like chilling. <laughs> like we're just chilling in the house. Um, this is day six right now of us being stuck in the house. Um, just chilling in the house together and it is what it is. And it made me realize, you know, how differently, or really how much I take for granted or forget how much extra suffering my mind used to add to things. So I was curious, I was like, how, I wonder how my past self would experience this. And <laughs> I kind of giggled to myself, and I have so much love and compassion to that younger version of me. She was in so much suffering, so much pain, confusion, anxiety, doubt. I have so much love for her. I love that young woman so freaking much. So this isn't a judgment at all. But I I was kind of giggling to myself and being like, she would have, A, felt so anxious about being trapped, (laughs) like literally physically trapped in the house. Um, When I would experience relationship anxiety, it was in the first two years of my relationship with Matt, and we did long distance for those two years, fun, 
Um, and I remember there were times where my mind would start doing the thing where I'd start overanalyzing and I'd start getting panicked about not being with the right person and what if we're not going to work out. And since I was staying with him in another state, like I couldn't just leave. Like I had to like be in the same space with him and do things with him, even though my brain was like, you're going to leave him. Um, you know, he's not right for you. This isn't going to work out. And I would just feel so trapped. Um, and it was so hard for me. There were times where I was like, hey, can you like go run an errand so I can like regulate myself? It was just so hard for me to remain regulated when the thing that was triggering me was right in front of me. He's not a thing, but the person who was triggering me was right in front of me. It was hard for me to like manage that anxiety when the trigger was next to me all the time. And so I, you know, I realized that my my past self would have been so anxious about the fact that she felt trapped and that she couldn't get space and that she was around the, you know, the trigger all the time and and couldn't get distance from that. And another thing that she would have experienced differently is she would have analyzed every interaction and <laughs> interpreted things as oh my gosh what if what if this means we're not right for each other oh my gosh we're getting frustrated oh my gosh like did we handle this well together oh, oh my god he got frustrated with me or he didn't ask me this or he said that and that must mean I would have either been looking at everything that was wrong or I would have been trying to confirm that I was in the right relationship. So say we would have like tackled a challenge together and it brought us closer. My mind would be like, see, 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 okay, okay. You are doing the right thing. Okay, whoo, you're doing the right thing. You're in the right relationship. See, see, like this is gonna work. It's gonna last. So like everything was interpreted through this lens of, you know, is this relationship right or wrong? And that kind of thinking doesn't even cross my brain anymore. Like, there's just an isness to the relationship. There isn't this like filtering process and this judgment process that's always going on. And it it just made me realize that healing from relationship anxiety isn't it might not be what you expect. And here's what I mean. A lot of people expect that, okay, once I heal my relationship anxiety, I'm going to feel so in love all the time. I'm going to feel just head over heels for my partner. We're going to be so in love. We're going to be in this like love cocoon. Everything's going to be wonderful and perfect. And the reality is, is that I don't feel butterflies and infatuation and like love in that sense all the time toward my partner. My relationship just kind of feels like home at this point. Like there's just this ability to rest and relax and feel secure and have this deep trust in the foundation that we've built, a a deep sense of trust that all is well. And like, again, like that processing system of is this right or is this wrong like that isn't even present anymore I'm able to even be irritated and frustrated with my husband and still 
not make that mean that I'm making some horrible mistake or that, oh God, I've married the wrong person. Like there's an allowance. I'm There's an allowance of the ebbs and the flows of the relationship because, you know, you don't expect life to be perfect and life to be exciting and passionate all the time. So why would we expect our relationships to feel that way? And just as life has ebbs and flows, has moments of ups and downs, have moments of frustration, moments of excitement, of disappointment, of hope, just as life has those things, your relationship is going to have those things too because your relationship is just a part of life. A relationship isn't meant to like rescue us from challenges or uncomfortable emotions or disappointment or frustration like a human freaking being is not going to rescue you from those things and so to expect that okay once I heal my relationship anxiety I'm going to feel in love all the time and I'm never going to feel uncomfortable emotions that's still a rescue fantasy that's something we got to look at if you're expecting to always feel positive quote-unquote positive emotions all the time that's a rescue fantasy And so really healing from relationship anxiety looks like being able to remain grounded and secure and to allow the ebbs and the flows of the relationship to not place all this meaning, doomsday meaning on the moments of stress and frustration or even not to like overly cling to the good moments of like okay we're feeling good things are good right now okay how do I make sure that things are always going to stay good I can't let any I I don't want to not feel this way I don't want to not feel in love anymore like there isn't this clinging and this grasping or this pushing away there's like imagine like holding something with just the tightest fist ever (laughs) that gets so exhausting no one can sustain that and so when we're trying to like hold on to like loving feelings like infatuation and ooey gooey feelings or when we're trying to control things in the relationship that we get exhausted we can't sustain that now imagine just opening your palm gently and resting the backs of your palms on your lap taking a deep breath feeling your spine, the support of your spine. That's what healing relationship anxiety feels like. It's it's releasing the control, releasing the fantasy of being rescued, releasing the need to feel a certain way all the time. And being able to allow the experiences to flow through you and feeling centered, feeling stable, feeling secure in all of it. Again, that doesn't mean you don't feel uncomfortable things. It doesn't mean you don't have to have uncomfortable conversations with your partner. It doesn't mean you don't ever have to apologize because you were irritated and you snapped. That definitely happens. But again, that extra layer of meaning and suffering and judgment isn't at the forefront anymore. And it's also trusting that if you're in an ebb in your relationship, you're frustrated with each other, 
uh, you're facing stresses together, maybe you're a, a little more snippy with each other, trusting that you'll that the flow will come back, that the connection will return and and trusting in the foundation enough to not um, have to like compulsively fix when the connection isn't there. Like, yes, of course, if we're experiencing conflict in relationship, we want to address that. We want to communicate about it. We want to take ownership and responsibility and see what, you know, we can work on together. But the energy behind that isn't one of, oh my God, if I don't fix this right now, things are going to fall apart or we're never going to feel connected again. How can I get that connection back? How can I fix this? How can, how can I, you know, return back to homeostasis? The, even the energy behind conflict re- resolution is very different and isn't rooted in perfectionism and control and fear, really. Because when we don't trust in the foundation of the relationship, when we don't, can't relax in the foundation of the relationship, then we try to control. We try to control our feelings. We try to control our experiences. We try to control our partner. And and we, we, we do all sorts of things that actually further disconnect us. But when you have this trust in the foundation of the relationship, you can approach these things with curiosity and, again, with that more of an open hand and not such a tightly clenched fist. And then you're more likely to get the result of feeling more connected versus when you try to go at it from a very controlling, fear-based energy. So even after, quote-unquote, healing relationship anxiety, that doesn't mean your relationship is perfect and you exist in this eternal state of just continuing bliss and orgasm. (laughs) It, It doesn't mean that. What it means is you feel solid in the connection. There is an isness to the relationship. You feel at home. You trust in yourself. You trust in your partner and you trust in both of your commitment to the relationship. And because you have this solid foundation of trust, you don't need to frantically, compulsively try to control things. And ironically, well not ironically, but as a byproduct of that, that trust, guess what? You get to experience those moments of love and connection and intimacy and passion. Like it's so much easier for those things to arise when we're not trying to control or make sure our relationship is perfect or make sure that we're always feeling in love. And I know that this is so much easier said than done. And I'm able to say this from years and years of work on myself and work on being able to come to this place of trust. It didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen in a few weeks. It, it, it took me years to be able to get to this place of trust because before, like I said, my anxious mind was always overanalyzing things, trying to have control, seeking perfection, um, you know, everything was passed through that lens of judgment of is this going to work or is this not is this right or is this wrong and it's really like a whole nervous system rewiring process because before 
my nervous system was wired for fear and anxiety. So I was always looking for the threat, always looking for the problem, always fearing the worst case scenario, fearing that I was making a mistake and, and living in that, that paralyzing fear of making a mistake or being hurt or experiencing pain or disappointment. And so I really had to like process that fear and understand like why was my nervous system so freaking hypervigilant? Why was my nervous system always scanning for what could go wrong or what could be wrong? And like uncovering all the many layers of that. And I've, you know, I've talked about a lot of those layers, um, particularly in episode one of the podcast. Um, but it's, you know, things like experiences past experiences in relationships or what you've witnessed in your parents or in the culture around you you know what is your experience with relationships does your nervous system associate relationships with pain does your nervous system associate mistakes making mistakes with punishment and shame and being unloved or unworthy and I also had to look at like what were my beliefs and expectations about love and relationships? Did I actually have unrealistic expectations and shoulds that were handed to me from society and culture and religion? Like all these things combined, it's like a a recipe, all these different ingredients combined made this recipe of relationship anxiety to where I couldn't or it was very, very difficult for me to just trust in the relationship and be present and be able to experience that isness. And so I had to kind of deconstruct all these things, look at them and process the pain that I experienced in the past and learn in my body how to feel that state of trust and how to love myself unconditionally. Because again, there was such such a fear of, you know, quote unquote, picking the wrong partner, which was really my fear of making a mistake because my body had associated making a mistake with eternal punishment. (laughs) So I had to even rewire that system and learn to meet myself over and over and over with unconditional love and to teach myself like I'm worthy no matter what. And for my body to truly believe that. And again, this is not an overnight process, but these were just some of the things that I had to be conscious of and and work through and embody. And slowly over time, I noticed I was able to have a bit more trust and a bit more trust and a bit more trust. And I noticed my mind would be a little bit quieter and my mind wasn't as judgmental. And I was able to connect more deeply and I was able to, you know, just exist and be present in the relationship And then eventually it all snowballed together to get to this point where I'm like, oh, wow, I don't even think about that anymore. I don't even worry about, oh my God, am I in the wrong relationship or is this going to last? Like that's, you know, you kind of get to the point where you're like, wow, I don't remember the last time I even thought that way. Wow. (laughs) And then that becomes the new normal and that's, and that's become my new normal. And again, while that's my baseline, it doesn't mean I don't experience frustration or, you know, moments of, you know, anxiety, like I'm human, I'm, I'm gonna have my moments. But what I'm saying is that my dominant baseline is so much more trust and presence. And again, that that open palm 
when it comes to my relationship and when it comes to what I'm experiencing in my relationship. So I just kind of want to give you like <laughs> a heads up of what's what's down the road. As you're working towards overcoming your relationship anxiety, I want you to have a realistic expectation of, you know, releasing the fantasy that your partner, you're going to feel in love all the time and your partner is going to rescue you from all uncomfortable feelings. That's a fantasy. And to know that like a lot of times it's being able to just feel neutral and to not judge neutral feelings and to not judge frustrated feelings or to not judge boredom. Like you actually expand your capacity to feel safe with a wider range of experiences. This is what it means to overcome relationship anxiety. And as a result of being able to feel safe with a wider range of experiences, boredom, neutrality, frustration, love, connection, intimacy, as a result, you no longer have all this mind activity at the forefront of your awareness and at the forefront of the relationship. And it's just such a peaceful place to be. And again, I often realize I take it for granted because, you know, my relationship anxiety is such a distant thing of the past now that sometimes I have to really like bring myself there and remember like what my brain used to do every day and how my brain doesn't do that anymore. And I want that for you. I want you to be able to experience that level of trust and I want you to start cultivating the things that are going to pave the way for that to be your reality. And I actually have a group program that is specifically focused on this called Trust and Love. Trust and Love. Um, and it is open for enrollment. Um, this is a three-month group program. It's open to all genders. Um, and we're really looking at what are the barriers, what are the things that are blocking your ability to trust? Like what are the experiences, the beliefs, how you relate to yourself, how you relate to your partner? What are these things, you know, what, what are the pains that your body is still holding on to? What's going on in your nervous system and your body, right? Like that closed clenched fist where we're working with the body to begin rewiring those nervous system patterns, rewiring those relational patterns, so that your mind can relax, your body can relax, and you can begin to have more trust and be able to go with the flow of how your relationship is unfolding without needing to overanalyze it, without needing to like constantly control it. You're able to have more acceptance and surrender and trust as the relationship unfolds. So this program, again, is open for enrollment. We have two options for this program, which I'm really excited about. We have a group program, um, the standard option, where you're just getting access to the group work and the digital curriculum. And then we have a hybrid option, which is a combination of the group work and you get one-on-one -on -one Voxer support with Sarah, who is my co-coach. She's been in a couple episodes here on the podcast. She is fantastic. So it's kind of a combination of group work and that personalized one-on-one -on -one work. So I'm going to post the link um, with all the details of Trust and Love in the description here. And you can check it out. 
Um, and if it feels like it would be something that's supportive to you, if it feels like it's a good fit for you, you can go ahead and jump in. It's open enrollment, so there isn't like a hard deadline of when you have to sign up. You can sign up when you feel like you're excited to jump in, even if you're a little nervous. Um, and if you have any questions about this program, about trust and love, you can send us an email, um, info at healingembodied.com. So I really, really hope to see you in that program to support you in being able to, to lay that foundation of trust, being able to experience more presence and isness in your relationship. Sending you so much love, empowerment, hope, and strength today. And I will chat with you next time.